1: Welcome to Pickle Me This, the officially unofficial podcast for Rick and Morty on Cartoon Network's Adult Swim. I'm your host, Jim. And I'm Aaron. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Today we're covering season five, episode seven, GoTron Jerry Sis Rick Vangelion. Here's Aaron with the recap.
0: En route to boob world for a getaway with the kids, Rick discovers the final missing piece from a lifelong ambition, the blue ferret from a complete Gotron set. Rick drops literally everything to commandeer his family to become giant robot ferret pilots, defeating giant alien kaiju across the galaxy. But Rick being Rick, that's not enough. And as Summer begins helping Rick create a dimensionally sprawling Gotron protection racket, Morty feels displaced within the family. How many levels of Gotron will Rick manage to achieve? And will some arrest the family's narrative control from Morty? Okay, Jim, what did you think of Gotron, Jerry, Sis, Rick, Van Gallion? Uh, Good job pronouncing that on first try. That's a tough
1: one. This episode well, I, is I a mouthful of a title.
0: <laughs> yeah, me too. It really is, In the it mirror is. before
1: I woke up this morning. <laughs> you have dreams. a bed mirror? Yeah. How I do you do. get a bed mirror? It's on the ceiling. Uh, it's what I do cocaine off of when I get really high. Damn, Uh, I thought this episode sucked. This is maybe Mm. the first episode of the season. I've actively disliked the others. I was kind of mad on or some of the others. I was mad on some of them I like this. This one. Man, were there jokes in this one? I, I was I was consistently disappointed by this episode because I kept expecting it to go down that Rick and Morty hole with the Voltron stuff. And it just never does. And like. They just straight up do a Voltron uh, sequence, right? Like the the connecting sequence, mm-hmm. they just they straight up do it. They don't put any jokes in there. There's like a joke where Morty comes out of a parking garage, but that's like it. Other than that, it's just this is Voltron. Ha! Huh? Isn't that funny, guys? The Voltron. Remember that? That's funny, right? No, references aren't funny in and of themselves. You got to do something with it. And Rick and Morty usually does. This episode did not. It didn't even try. It just felt lazy.
0: I think that I, I share some of your criticisms of how they handled the GoTron, you know, idea and license. Um, but I, I like it. I, um, full disclosure, uh, a lot of times I watch Rick and Morty on the offseason. And one of the things my wife and I got especially tickled in. Uh, in our rewatches of last season was the uh, the Vat of Acid episode mm-hmm. where you had the alien mobsters doing all the Gabagool and Amarone. Plus, we have been watching just sh- Last year, we watched so many gangster movies and it was yeah. like Cecily's first experience with gangster movies. You know, first time she'd seen Goodfellas. I, I kind of got like a fresh uh, and I also watched all of like Sopranos. What I'm saying is like last year, I fucking dipped myself in in the, the Gabagool. I immersed I swam in it Uh, and maybe that's why I found it funny but because because the other thing is like someone in our um, discord pointed out that this is just pretty much a straight up remake of the classic season one community episode also by Dan Harmon uh, the one where uh, Jeff and Abed manage to take over the kitchen wrest control of it from Starburns and then start running a chicken finger racket. Hmm. Um, just the same way where you've got a character, a phenomenal kind of intelligence and a skewed outlook on life Abed uh, Abed, and, and this Rick and this uh, get like obsessed with the idea and it goes spirals out of control and goes Henry from Goodfellas you know get they get high on their own supply and it all falls hmm. to shit um, so like is that lazy or is that cool to see a creator take a concept from one show and punch it up with sci-fi interdimensionality um, and a different family dynamic. I mean, I, I I guess I didn't find that lame. So I like the gangster stuff. The Gotron stuff is a little bit uh, silly. Um, I didn't really. I thought the incest baby stuff, that stuff lands pretty flat. But yeah. I was thinking like how much of I, I just think of how unfair it is to be season uh, Rick and Morty in season five, because like if you go back and watch like a season one or season two show where they're doing like parodies of the Bartman dance and stuff like that could come across really desperate and grasping and mm-hmm. un and lame and unfunny. But for some reason, people just like, Oh my God, look at the confidence of do of like doing a full Bartman in season one and just like shitting on the idea and lampooning it. But now they do stuff and it's just like, yeah, we've seen it. I, I don't know. It seems, it seems cause there was, there's this thread in the subreddit of Rick and Morty. <laughs> Or people are speculating that this was an extra fuck you to the fans because they (laughs) knew that the space incest baby was going to bomb or some people uh, postulated their animation is so sophisticated and slick that they can South Park esque turn around and like, oh, they hated the incest baby. Let's double down on the incest baby three episodes from now. I mean, no, the fact is this thing leaked, I think right after the incest baby accidentally proves that it's not. Mm -hmm. I I think that they actually thought the opposite that the incest baby was going to slay and that the callback to the incest baby wearing like an Apollo Creed diaper, uh, out of the American flag and, and kicking Gotron's ass was going to just be hilarious. And they just miscalculated. Um, yeah, I mean, there's also the possibility that like in the writer's room, there was
1: debate about the incest baby. And this is like, some of the writers poking fun at other writers and then poking fun at themselves. And right. And, and it gets out of hand. Yeah. Yeah. Like, an yeah. Incest baby like does. somebody in the room probably stood up and said, Hey, they're probably going to hate this incest baby stuff, or I don't like this incest baby stuff. Mm-hmm. And so the next episode they go to write and they're like, you know, let's, let's take that and run with it. That's fine. I didn't hate the incest baby stuff. It was fine, but it did kind of fall flat. The mafia stuff is clearly the best part of this episode. It's just, ep- Especially when I learned, I I felt it was really lazy when I learned that not only was this a community episode, essentially beat for beat, uh, but this was also beat for beat, uh, the kind of mashup that Rob Schraub had done in a comic book in like 1996. This is, this entire episode is recycled shit from other shows and other (laughs) mediums that they just like, that makes me feel like he is just... It, not he, the entire writer's room. I'm not, I'm not talking about Dan or Rob Schraub in particular. Yeah. But they're just like leaning on her. shit they've already done to make this new thing that isn't actually any good. It's not funny. Like, there's a reason Rob Schraub is not famous for Lacosa No Nostroid, right? He's, yeah. He's, he's not that, famous for that. That didn't go anywhere because probably it sucked. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I haven't read it, but this sucked.
0: I feel like Scud, the disposable assassin, has some cult cred nowadays. But I, but but to your points, like does that make me like it less or more to know that the Community Chicken Fingers episode was a lazy remake of Cosa Nostroid, And then like, did Rob Schraub like complete the circle by ripping off Community to put it back in the oh, ro- the Rick no, and Morty? I,
1: don't, I don't know if Lucas Nostroid has anything to do with the Chicken Fingers episode. I. I'm just talking. I I mean, this episode is. There's no fucking
0: way it didn't. There's no fucking way that Dan Harmon and Rob who have been attached at the hip since Dan was like literally 18 years old. There's no fucking way that like he didn't mind the seminal work of his writer partner. No, I I, I, yeah yeah I I'll I'll take I'll I'll take the brave stand that yeah Dan probably heavily ripped off (laughs) Cosa Nostroid for that that concept. But on the other hand, you could also I can see Dan angrily saying like, oh parody the goodfellas oh what an original fucking concept no one can right, possibly right. if a robot does it once you can't do it in a community college and a vicunic, but you can't do it in an interdimensional mad science and of course he's right and the answer to that is, he's got to do it good and you know uh results right on the incest baby uh it's bad people don't like it. it needs to go away maybe it comes back in season nine and it's a so bad it's good kind of thing but like yeah i'm not eager to see it come out to, to to play, yeah,
1: I, um, I'm not either. The but, other weird thing about this episode to me was Rick. Rick doesn't feel like Rick very much in this episode, and I don't know if they needed to have Rick act a certain way to get to make the connection between this this anime shit that they're doing and this mafia shit that they're doing to try and bridge that gap because that feels very awkward. They they feel like you know ice cream and and lamp oil. They just don't fucking go together, right? Like there's nothing inherently interesting about combining those two things. So they have to force it. And Rick at some point, the the thing that like turned me on Rick uh, and his character in this episode is when Morty is like, they all come back from this big Voltron thing and they're all high uh, and, and love and life. And Morty's like, well, you know, Rick, what I told you about enough. And Rick's like, yeah, enough is enough. And he's ready to put the whole fucking thing down. That's not Rick. The summer doesn't need to come Uh, in and give Rick a pep talk to take it to the next level. I I, I felt like there was a fundamental problem with the character in this episode.
0: I I felt like that they were maybe doing um, some character work there because like we've noticed that like Rick has been more sober this episode or this this season or something that I've noticed. Mm -hmm. And, you know, less vomit on his mouth, less uh, conspicuous drinking and belching and just kind of like that kind of drunken laugh behavior. Uh, this episode is a harsh reversal into the other direction. I think yeah. what you're supposed to understand is like Morty has started to moderate grandpa like a deuterium rod. <laughs> you know, like when 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 the Rick mass starts to go super critical, Morty inserts the leg. You remember what you said that sometimes enough is enough? Mm, and like the time uncomfortable had...
1: about talking, talking about a grandson inserting into his grandpa. I, I don't <laughs> well, like this. Well, <laughs> it's Rick
0: and Morty now. So this is a <laughs> weekly conversation topic. He's inserting his rods in his grandpa and cooling him down. And I think that Summer, who is fairly new to the adventures, doesn't understand the Rick, you know, excitement, adventure, shame cycle that she's about to kick off. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, uh, I, I, but, but you, you are also on something. that is this is, is at yeah, the beginning of out- Boob World, right? Like the, the
1: contrast here is the Boob World stuff, because they start off with them just fucking railroading Morty into Boob World. And then they it's a it's a resounding success with the Voltron stuff. And then they. Rick comes back and says okay you're right enough is enough that doesn't
0: I don't know there's an inconsistency
1: there in his character
0: I also want to go back to what you said there is an uneasy amalgamation of like the plots of Casino, Goodfellas Mm -hmm. Godfather and Scarface that don't quite work because like simultaneously uh, I think Morty is Henry Hill from Goodfellas and also, yeah. uh, who, whoever the fuck De Niro was in Casino. Mm-hmm. But Rick's also Henry Hill and Tony Montoya, like Montoya, combined yeah, yeah. into one. And it's like, there's something about all those through lines, not quite, you know, meshing. Like those characterizations and stuff, not, not quite met. Because also, I think you're supposed to understand that Morty's also a little Michael Corleone. He's like the real yeah. like stable leader of the and like, yeah, some of that stuff, I think, wa- didn't quite land because you never quite knew which part of which movie they were trying to like pull on. It's more like just like a really scorsese, you know, pastiche, which is fine. But sure. I think that's yeah. another reason that people kind of like, what the fuck is this? This is a weird amalgamation. This is this Could is be. this is lead and clay trying to cling together. Yeah. And then I, I, I was trying to tell if like
1: the sunny stand in you know, hothead Rick was, uh, supposed to also be Henry Hill.
0: I, yeah, that's what yeah, I'm saying. I'm not sure. it's, it's weird when you get, when you get, uh, all the Godfather, all the, uh, the, the mafia movies in, in the one thing, right? Uh, sh- shall we move on to maybe take, take a quick break and, and move on to discussion of the full episode? Yeah, let's do it.
1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, a member FDSE. I,
0: I want to open up the discussion with Boob World since we kind of like went really meta really early. Um, just to say that I'm super tickled because like I came from a working class family that really had to scrimp and save, take up vacations. And I remember the saving a Coke can so you can get $4 off. Hell yeah. Or going six flags Kroger. or Kentucky kingdom and shit like that. I feel like that's something that, uh, <laughs> only working class people. Cause like if you're, if your dad, if your dad was a lawyer, like did you guys, did you guys save up cans? Did you guys save up cans on, uh, on the kitchen counter until you had enough for the whole family to, <laughs> yeah, I didn't think so. um, but I, I, I thought that was really funny. She's like, what, am I just a Coke can? Like, no, because you can throw away a Coke can at the gates and you don't <laughs> right. need it anymore. That Doesn't shit was really funny. Um, I thought that was funny. Mm. Um, I also like it provoking a choice between like this 14 year old boy trying to with a metaphoric gun to his head. Think of anything that's more important than going to boob world. Uh, you know, and Rick like constantly interrupting him. And then when Morty complains, like, you said you'd let me make a choice, he goes, I did. The choice was to break my heart or not. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That felt like that, that's classic, Rick. That felt like Rick,
1: yeah, for sure.
0: Um, what do you think of the voiceovers? Because I thought the voiceovers were both a required part of any Scorsese parody. Mm-hmm. And also since they've never been a part of Rick and Morty before requiring some kind of explanation. And I thought the voice ovarians were pretty, pretty funny.
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, the, the resolution to that wasn't bad. It was a little jarring when it first happened. I'm like, what show am I watching? I, this is not a thing they've ever done. Right. Even in like the, the episode with fucking cop Morty and, you know, the, the, the cookies, I don't even remember the name of that episode, but that one, I, I was trying to think, did they do voiceover in that? And I don't think they did. They did like a Mm -hmm. noir type thing, but it was always like Morty just talking in a noir voice.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. And I I can think of some, like when Rick did like some of his um, double cross scheming heist stuff, there was Mm -hmm. like what you would almost call voiceover, but it's him just narrating what, you know, the, you know, his, his oceans 11 kind of plan thing. Yeah. Um, so I thought it was good. And like the, the, the early hints of it, not being like what it like, you know, the Morty can hear the voiceover and the, you know, like, well, I'm Morty's voiceover. I'm summer's voiceover. You can't, I can't hear summer. I can, and he's like, well, what's the difference? because we well, want to be telepathy, stupid. Like mm. there's this, Funny thing that doesn't really make sense on the first time through, but then on the second time through, it—I uh, I thought it was pretty funny. Yeah. Um But we quickly lead to I think one of your biggest problems of the episode, which is once we get the the ferret assembled and we're in the Gotron uniforms, it's just Voltron. Like yeah. you're right. The the lone subversion is there's two subversions. One, instead of tigers, we're using ferrets. Which, which okay, it's a
1: chuckle when you first see it
0: because yeah like the fair it's kind of like the way they they run instead of like charging like lions of claws are kind of like bouncing and flowing over the landscape that's yeah. that's funny but like when they are in Voltron they just look like fucking Voltron they're honestly just Voltron.
1: I, I, I was waiting I was like man are th- what are they going to turn into what are they going to turn into this is going to be cool right and then it was just Voltron and I was so disappointed
0: and there's the other thing is uh, Morty, as you mentioned, uh, everybody has like this epic sequence, like Jerry is in a volcano. Beth mm-hmm. erupts from an ocean trench or summer does from a Beth uh, erupts from a mountaintop. Rick j- leaps from a jungle like towering waterfall and Morty crawls out of this cramped cr- parking lot gl- garage, mm-hmm. which I thought was hilarious, especially when it went interdimensional dimensional. <laughs> And you said like 10 verts bursting out of volcano and you see like the massive traffic back up at the, at at the, you know, the yellow ferret state, uh, holding pin. I thought yeah. that stuff was really funny. Um, but you're right. It's just them saying how cool Voltron was. And it was mm-hmm. kind of cool. The first time they assembled Voltron and they got the sword and, you know, Rick kind of parrying the conventions of it. Like, Like Beth is like, why are we attacking one by one? Isn't this isn't the best way? And he's like to kick off a ridiculously cool sequence. That stuff I thought was funny, but it didn't kick
1: off anything cool. It kicked off the same thing that we've seen in every single Voltron (laughs) episode ever.
0: You know, and when they started going like, I'm going to make a Gotron of Gotrons, I thought that was a funny idea, but like visually, Mm -hmm. it was really lame. Like I. I was shocked when I just saw that, like, okay, I'm expecting like five Gotrons to go together and now his arms and legs are going to be recognizably Gotron. And like, I wonder how that's going to work and all that. But they just if you freeze frame on the animation, they just are are essentially running a morph on it where you've got a Gotron and it slowly morphs into the blue ferret arm or whatever. Huh. And like transformer type action where it.
1: You know, pieces I, I come mean, out
0: and things open not, and other things close. But it's like it no because the animation happens very fast and it just be and I just thought that was yeah. a, a much less interesting. But then when they go like to the three, they they bring it back to the idea that these are made of constituent ferrets, and I thought that was clever. Like when they have the threefold Gotron and it's fighting against itself as it's taking damage part of the debris is just free flowing ferrets, twisting in space and stuff. Like it's being knocked into its constituent ferrets, but like the fucking model doesn't look anything like that. So I was disappointed in how I've seen these animators go for fucking broke on shit. Um, And maybe they thought like we were going to be nostalgic for goat for, for Voltron and then like seeing it, but shit, they just remade Voltron. Like my son and I watched it like two years ago and I I don't know. I don't know. It felt that that felt lazy to me. That, like, okay, Mm -hmm. this idea of a Gotron, Gotron, Gotron is cool, but the Gotron, Gotron was dumb. So, like, every version of that's just going to be a bigger Gotron. And then it gets trumped by an even larger space baby. So, um, whatever. Also, another thing lame Summer calls this a Rick Public when clearly clearly a rictatorship is what she meant to say Rick's Obviously. not taking votes here this isn't no. this isn't a democ. this isn't a representational democracy they're the, fa- the five families aren't sending you know if that was true yo yo rick would have equal say amongst the, the ricks and, and we know that's not the case because he's complaining about being uh, marginalized inside the episode mm-hmm. Um, but maybe shouldn't kill that uh, <laughs> senator hooker I was gonna say Should've how, how do you think he that. fucked
1: up with that uh that situation.
0: I felt that I thought that guy looked exactly like the Nevada Senator who killed the hooker in Godfather two. So I thought it it was kind of like them funny that like, you know what? Yo, yo Rick is really into is Nevada senators Mm -hmm. and he sees them (laughs) as moral worth to, 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 to to hookers in a gangster movie. I, I, it's kind of funny. Yeah. I didn't notice the resemblance. So I didn't get it. Um, but yeah, I, I I don't know. Like I said, that's that, that lazy transformation. But like some of the I thought some of the the intersection of this Gotron protection racket, the way it intersected a Smith family was pretty funny. For example, you know, when Morty is complaining about being constantly demoted by summer, like summer's becoming the head of Rick's right arm and yeah. Morty is the left foot of the left foot. <laughs> I thought Only that stuff and an, and,
1: and an asshole. Yeah.
0: Yeah, only because GoTron doesn't have an asshole. Uh, I thought, that and then Summer coming in is like, oh, it actually does it to you. I thought that was actually really funny.
1: Yeah, that was a good um, line. Here, here's the thing about that that plot line with Summer and Morty in this episode. I think this is the most like continuity they've had this season, um, because this has been the story, right? Where Summer has been going on more of Grandpa's uh, adventures, and Morty has been taking the harder line and refusing to, and so you know, loyalties and allegiances are transferring here from Morty to summer. And it, I, I don't know, devoid of like the Henry Hill casino, whatever uh vibes that you get from this episode, this would have been, it it could have been like more um impressive or, or, or more like definitive. Right. Um But I don't know what to make of this transfer of affection or loyalty. In the context of this episode, because I don't know if they're just going for the Goodfellas uh, casino thing or if they're actually trying to do something with Morty and summer here. Um, I think it's the latter and I hope it's the latter, but it's impossible to tell until we get another couple episodes, I think.
0: Well, the other thing is, like, I feel like uh, they're fucking up the established lore a little bit because summer was and maybe this is because the episodes aired slightly out of order. Summer was kicking against the goad bef- during the incest baby episode. Whereas mm-hmm. like when she's, you know, doing her kind of like word salad at the end about like why she did this, like the, the through line is I realized I I decided to seek out the incest baby because, you know, I don't know she has some vestigal mother instincts or something. I, but but she found out the government is trying to keep it secret and, t- and teach it to be a super weapon, and she instead taught it to love. I mean, this is essentially season two of the boys, and she's she's taught talk- She says, "But like the government is going to eventually. This is people are going to find out, and once we do, we're going to be like on the run from the government. And you and Dad have each other, and Rick has Morty, but I have nobody. So I was trying to like make sure that we'd all stay." But the thing is, is like this feels like a fucking emotional paradox because the events that she says sat in motion of her trying to rest control of the family seem to be already going before the inciting event. Mm. So it, it's it's possible that, number one, I'm, I'm doing way too much emotional analysis on a stupid cartoon about incest giant in an episode
1: things. that is just parodying the other you know, crime dramas.
0: Right. So she could be playing like emotionally flighty, like Karen, you know, Henry's like, mm-hmm. she could just, she could be like a stand in for that, you know, the way she would kind of like alternate between being hard gangster wife and kind of like sobbing and stuff. Or it could be, but like, I, I feel like that stuff, even within a parody, some of this stuff has to be true. Like, for example, mm-hmm. I think they're telling a story of the Smiths starting to cohese without Rick being at the nucleus, like, they're okay. all of their own free will talking about, like, you know, Rick's got himself in this problem with these anime kids and they're going to kill him and the whole family's like, fuck Rick, but like, Morty is being the leader and even building bridges to summer by citing her leadership and saying, you know, you don't get to choose the family, just the family you got and if if all that stuff is to be character development, then it has to stick from with, outside the fiction of the, yeah. the Goodfellas joke, right? Right, right. So I don't know. It bothered me that I felt like, but that's the other thing is like, this is goes like summer trying to, I don't know, like summer's been trying to, I don't want to say a horn in, but become more part of the adventures mm-hmm. ever since like the season three premiere. Right. Wasn't that the one was the Mad Max. Uh, yeah. It was a wild blonde mustache and the fan. Like she's mm-hmm. been a part and becoming coming more and more. And like this season has been literally about her kind of trying to muscle in on Morty. So I thought it was exactly. weird that they kind of fucked up the cause and effect on that. Yeah. Uh let's talk about the anime kids because that's the other lampooning. And usually when Rick and Morty lampoon something, they have like they 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 kind of explain it and like maybe sh- take a uh take a stab at appreciating it before they then skewer it and like eviscerate it and, and leave it bared open for everybody. But here it's kind of like anime is stupid. And <laughs> they let them dumb. skewer
1: themselves, right? With just yeah. portraying anime inside a different
0: genre yeah yeah but um i don't know because like i i used to i still anime is not my favorite thing but i have liked anime series you know i've liked uh sure. cowboy bebop and mm-hmm. samurai Champloo, film metal alchemists several um but what i've what i've come to appreciate about anime is like it's just a different like style of animation like in the same way that like we have cartoons where the convention is a cartoon cat will chase a mouse and they shoot each other in the face and grievously wound and kill each other, but they're fine. Right. Like that's just like Mm -hmm. you, you, if, if you came outside of understanding of our culture and you watch this cartoon, you're like, my God, this is violent psychopaths, itchy and scratchy. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, like anime's thing is that they try to express emotion through like super extremes. You know, like if a character is sad, giant goldfish sized teardrops are going to be flying out of their chibi faces if they are falling in love with some money, their nose is going to bleed. It's kind of like, so like, why is that a, you, you know, a stupider? And then, then, then you criticize essentially the, uh, globalization of the market. So like, you know, when we're watching animated, it's dubbed over. These aren't, this wasn't like an artistic choice. It's not I'm like sure. the Japanese director is like, oh yeah, this guy fumbling his lines and doing the weird grunting and stuff. That's them trying to kind of translate the Japanese aesthetic to ours. It's an economic but- necessity not an artistic choice and i was waiting for someone to kind of articulate that the show that like you know this isn't just a knee-jerk reaction to uh anime bad but it just never fucking happened it was like look at these fucking weird anime characters grunting and groaning and all that kind of shit like i said that's not my favorite thing about anime but like i kind of thought they would do something to explain you know, because that's even funnier if, like, some, like, if more, like, if Jerry were to come on and be like, "Oh, actually, you know, that the the," and then like, you know, Rick says, "Shut up, fucking, you know, what's the weeb? Shut up, weeb." <laughs> sure. Then that's like even in a funnier part of the joke. But they didn't. It it's a it's a first aid joke that didn't really take off. Yeah, I'm with also you. the appropriation joke. What the fuck, like, I've seen some lazy pro- cultural appropriation jokes, but this is literally just saying the words "cultural appropriation." Yep. Without know, making a joke about it, <laughs> I'm
1: telling you this whole episode is jokes that aren't jokes.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um another episode is part, but uh, another episode of mur- uh, of Morty calmly and efficiently murdering people. Okay, uh, yeah. in service of his family. I think that's another theme that Morty is starting to become more Rick-like in that way. Um, yeah. why do we make a Jerry? Um. When so so they get fired. You know, Morty gets fired. The family turns his back on him, giving sixteen thousand. Uh, and and then he's left bereft. The exact scene, but he's like, I'm not sweating because I just know I, I've I've been on this airplane. I know how much runway it's got, and it's not going to be enough. So he kind of waits at home until his family shows up, and, and the parents have been fired. There's mm-hmm. interesting conversation between Rick and no, between Beth and Jerry about murdering, clipping summer and jerry cites the well you can do it because you brought her into the world like <laughs> i don't know is it, this is the flander this is the simpson homer simplification yeah. of jerry like jerry's not this fucking stupid
1: <laughs> yeah how stupid can you be and still function in any way in our society uh I, yeah I, I don't know i didn't have big problems with like jerry's character i, I was You know, there's a moment where Jerry and Rick interact, uh, a couple of them, actually. And one of them is like during the Gotron transformation sequence or I guess when they're all meeting up, Um, you know, he's complaining about Hawaii and then having to go back and forth. Um, But then he like kind of just asks Rick to explain something and Rick explains it and Jerry thanks him and there's no insults. There's nothing funny about it that happens. It's just wholesome. Where was this? Rick.
0: What, what, what are you referring to?
1: There's some, I can't remember exactly what he's explaining. Oh shit. To, to Jerry. Okay. But it you know Rick just explains it to him like he were a, a human being that Rick actually respected. And mm. that was strange to me because normally that is Jerry delicious. would be shut down. Like I think of him you know riding in the cars asking about the uh, the hunt me guy. Right. And mm-hmm. and Rick's like shut up you fucking idiot that the this is your question. You dipshit. Like, it doesn't mean anything. Fuck you here. He like lovingly explains the scenario. It just doesn't nothing vibed in this episode with everything I know about Rick and Morty. It, it just felt so, off in many ways.
0: Let me ask you this. Um, yeah. Why we're talking about this is discongruity between the characterizations where are you thinking uh, where are you in thinking that like they might be doing something really clever with like the clones and dimensionality and they're going to reveal that like at this point my prediction was if they ever do that at the end it might mu- it better be the best fucking joke of all time because <laughs> yeah like if it's anything less than that I don't think you're going to uh, win back a lot of these people that are claiming. "Ah, I think this is, you know, facetious, but like saying this is like the worst episode. These are this is the worst season of Rick and Morty, which it might be. But it's not like, you know, the other Rick and Morty's are 10 out of 10, 10 out of 10, 10 out of 10. 10. Season four is nine out of 10. And this is like zero out of 10. Every show has a worse season. I hate to break it to people. Sure. Yeah. Even Breaking Bad, even The Wire, Mm -hmm. Uh, especially Game of Thrones. Every show has a best season, too. So. Right. You hopefully hopefully the best seasons are towards the end as the show starts clicking on all cylinders and you get in the satisfying conclusion. But that the thing is, is there's like, you know, um, we talk about how Harmon really loves the episodic television model. Mm -hmm. Um, The narrative television model is the one the 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 uh, why I just use it wrong. The procedural. He likes the procedural model. The episodic model is the one to get stronger and stronger and stronger as you're familiar with more and more of the characters and more and more of the plot. And you're more and more invested until you get a resolution where episodic tends to be the things that like starts clicking when the character engines get strong in the middle seasons and then fades off fast when they just get, they run out of procedurally generated narrative terrain for the characters to diverse. Hmm. Um, there's no point for them to be other than to be, and the wheels kind of fall off. And I wonder hmm. if we're talking a 10 season run of Rick and Morty, if, if they're going to fall afoul of that, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm
1: loath to make predictions at this point, because last week you asked me about the incest baby. I'm like, yeah, that's probably not coming back. That just seems like a one off thing. And boom, here we are. Episode <laughs> seven, uh, yeah. uh, full on Naruto incest baby. So.
0: Oh, my God, it's called Naruto, too. Yeah. No, what Naruto, the fuck Naruto? Is, What What the fuck was that all about?
1: It's it's just an anime word it's literally just an anime so word Summer it's not that decided funny to,
0: decided to name in Naratu before she even found out about the gotron ferrets I because guess. in the in the chrono- chronology of the show that's the way it, you're the right way it's, it's got to be i
1: think you're right i and maybe <laughs> maybe summer's a big anime fan I, I don't know
0: yeah i don't know um there's a couple like i i thought that the gotron 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 Uh, The Rick's head control unit now resembles a giant mansion palace that's very reminiscent of the Tony Montana place. And then they had but there again, like I really was hoping when he goes, say hello to my little me Mm -hmm. and he pulls out a Rick looking gun. I really hope that that was going to lead to something besides What it did, which was less than nothing. I mean, at least they tried to put in a joke with it being a Rick gun. It's but (laughs) but him saying hello to my little friend Mm -hmm. and whipping out a ridiculously large like Rick gun would have been, I think, three times funnier than pulling out a naked version of himself and going bang 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 bang. I (laughs) I don't know. That was a yeah. I didn't didn't say it was funny. I just said it was an attempted joke.
1: (laughs) An attempt was made. Uh. Yeah, I, would it? Okay, the mafia guys. I wanted uh, to talk a little bit about them because there's one that's clearly like Don Corleone, right? Yep, that's um, Fat Fat Rick, Fat Rick, whose head is exactly the same size as regular Rick. <laughs> so that was kind of funny.
0: Uh, yeah. And then there's the Tony oh, yeah, Montana. You're so one. fat, you're an optical illusion.
1: Yep. Uh, there's the Tony Montana one, which you know Scarface. There's the Sunny uh, Corleone. Who, oh,
0: he's 100% Sunny from He's wearing the the, the open shirt with the cross necklace. Yeah. It's
1: it's it, the suspenders. It's exactly him from If he had hairy shoulders, scene. he
0: would be a, a, a exact copy of him, yeah. For sure. Uh and then there's uh, what's his
1: name? Little Little Ricky Rap up. Little Ricky
0: wrap up. wrap it up, yeah. Who, and I think that's he a joke Steve about the Shimmy from Boardwalk Empire. I'm trying to figure out who he is. I think it's just a joke based on like Tommy Two Times. Okay. From Goodfellas that he's literally named after what he does, which is efficiently okay. wrap up a scene. Sure. You know, that's and he does it absolutely the, a thing. Yeah. Yeah. And he does it the first time. And then like he does it the second time when he's killed. And he's like, I'm getting, I, I'm, I'm, I'm all wrapped up, Sama. I thought that was, oh, yeah, it's pretty funny. But he's like, yeah, he's yeah. not an exact one to one call, which maybe should have been. I don't know. Everybody else seems to be, but it's it's not like they used a Ricky wrap it up as like to to killer effect. You know they could no. have uh, made him like I I'd like to see a Fredo Rick. It's which is essentially and um, it's doofus Rick with a cowardly streak. Okay,
1: um, I, I mean it wasn't the yo yo Rick, essentially a Fredo Rick. Yo, actually, Rick is Morty Fredo was getting Fredoed.
0: Yeah, he's getting pushed he, to the yeah. side.
1: He's like. I know he's getting Henry healed. He's getting all the casino stuff mm-hmm. too, but that's part of it, yeah. right? He's
0: getting free. I think so. Yeah, I think so. He's getting, he, he's getting, uh, you know, I'm smart. I can do stuff too. There's a little bit of that in this, in this Morty. Yeah. Um, when giant space baby showed up, he's diapered in the American flag, which, okay. Um, they're controlling it. Ratatouille style. He's wearing like some kind of hospital tag that says identifies him as weapon. I, which I think is a Wolverine weapon X joke, but I'm not sure exactly what the I means. Oh, incest. incest of course, yeah. <laughs> of course, Jesus Christ. I figured it out here after watching this thing three times, was working for two hours in <laughs> a note says I'm sitting here staring my friend in my face. I just realized. Uh, and then speaking of obvious, there's a meta tag. That's uh, the eight Oh, Oh, eight five. That's the boobs joke. Mm, again? Twice in one season. Mm. Yeah. Um, I don't like I said, I mean, you know, our community just fucking loves it 69 and 420 jokes on Twitch. Sure. Uh so like I'm I'm not saying that this uh that I'm above like beating shit to the ground, but man, that's uh that's that's uh that's a lot of a lot of callback to to a
1: little joke. Beating things into the ground, they really hit this incest baby stuff hard this episode. It wasn't just like oh out of nowhere unexpectedly the the incest baby comes back and they do this thing at the end it was like all episode right everybody was yeah. bringing it up they were talking about it and I, I was thinking yeah, like is it was this like the family or shame. is yeah. this just like hammering a joke that already isn't funny over and over again in some kind of like comedy torture sort of way
0: I don't know. Cause it just depends on what you thought the writers thought the audience would think about the incest baby. <laughs> right. So like, you know, that, that this way, is getting into, right. This is like some princess bride, the shit. It's like, mm-hmm. Oh, I knew you would yep. hate the incest baby, which means I'd make him three times more funny. And through the law of comedy torture, you would love him, which would make you hate him, which means that I would know. Yeah. I'm like, fuck that. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but like I feel like this 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 is just I think the audience I think the writers thought the audience would love it because like before and previous because you had fucked up shit before like You know, Mm -hmm. Beth and Jerry's psychic manifestation of their relationship escapes and kills a whole research lab full of marriage therapists. Mm -hmm. And that is something that they bond and fuck over. Like it gets them hot that they're like when they get Cronenberg, their society, their family is the strongest one to survive the process and thrive in some kind of Mad Max way. And there's been lots of times where they'll say like, yeah, well, we're the Smiths fam kind of like putting their stamp on like ever fucked up situation. And Rick had to like that kind of moment, cheer moment where he's like the anime girl is saying, what the hell's wrong with you people? You just have a giant incest space baby in your back pocket. And he's like, welcome to the Smith family." As He kicks her in the face. Mm -hmm. I think that's supposed to be. And yet this is supposed to be the capstone or the latest stage of all those types of jokes. And because everybody hates the incest baby, it just didn't land. Gotcha. Like if everybody, the incest baby is another one of those. Oh, Rick and Morty is so fucking naughty, too naughty for their own goods. Chuckle, chuckle, ha ha then this gets to big cheer. But since everybody was kind of either squicked out or like, all right, well, like I'm not in a moral panic about this, but what the fuck? What's, yeah. what's, what's funny about this? It just fell flat.
1: Where do you think the incest baby got the giant American flag for a diaper? The, the, the U S government clearly made a giant American flag for it's diaper. violating
0: the U S code on flag. I mean, this is a flagrant by like a giant U S flag used to collect soil and 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 feces and urine. That's 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 <laughs> that blatantly like discompositional. We yeah, need,
1: we that need sounds look
0: like. You know, Obama wear a tan suit mm-hmm. and look at all the shit he got. This is a little bit beyond the pale, I thought. <laughs> but I don't know. Um, so we got that. We got the voice air, if voice over Arians. uh What do you think of the stinger? I like the stinger. The stinger is I thought the stinger know, was funny too.
1: Based uh, humor. It's it's not yeah. exactly the Voltron thing. It, it struck me more as like a Pacific Rim type of thing, which all that is like balled up into one big thing, right? Godzilla. 100%. And, yeah. Um, but yeah, the idea that like they're just trying to spread the cure for AIDS to other planets or dimensions and we can't understand them when they come through because they turn huge and they mm-hmm. their language is all confused and they just shout and scream and we blow them away. Yeah. Uh, that was pretty good. That was probably the funniest part of the whole episode.
0: Yeah, like this is just an altruistic thing they're doing because no one returns from these missions. They got the cure for AIDS. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they they despite <laughs> the cost, they got to go through and do it. And they're like, you know, chin up. What's it's not like you're going to get stripped of your clothes and turn into a giant screaming. And that's what happens. And then like when the thing starts, pres- it's like, well, it's, I got my mission. So he like clears his throat and it's like lemon juice, four bay leaves, a pinch, and then his right head gets... Well, I just thought yeah, that's yeah. funny. The cure for AIDS being lemon juice, four bay leaves, and a pinch of sea salt with some various other ingredients. Uh, I don't know. That's <laughs> pretty... I, I thought that was pretty fucking funny.
1: It was. I do have questions. Like, if no one ever comes back, why are they continuing the mission? How do they know they didn't yeah. already succeed?
0: Wasn't that a problem we had with the Tomorrow War? or the Future War, or whatever the fuck it was called. It's oh, like, I had a lot of problems with the mechanics yeah, there. Sure, sure. But this it, one, like, they have to... 30 seconds finger. They yeah. have to
1: assume. They don't know that when you go through, right? They say they don't know when you go through you become a huge screaming uh, insect monster, and you get your head it sounds blown like it's off. a
0: one-way trip. Like, they don't uh, even know that, like, no one... They don't know that this is a fatal mission. They just know that no one returns from because it it's a one-way trip. Right. Uh, so I guess that's baked into it. Like. So they just assume an, that something bad happened to them and
1: continue on the mission?
0: Uh, no, maybe of they assuming just, they don't, they aids is they do yeah, yeah, I, yeah, it's like, yeah, what is their assumption, the assumption, so are they going to the same planet multiple times, or are they going to a different planet each time, because if it's the latter, mm, it's like, you just send in a missionary dimension. out, and yeah, whether he spreads the good news or not, it's like, you know, you, you, you just assume, go on to the next one, but, uh, yeah, it could be, yeah, we need follow-up we need to follow up on, uh, you know, the, <laughs> how, yeah. How would they keep track of this? Is there some kind of like communications? Like, are they waiting 10,000 years to, to, to get a round trip signal back to be like, these people don't, I don't know Or they get. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, what if, well, if it's
1: a, inverse time dilation or something like they're the, wherever Holy the dimension shit. they're sending them to the time runs so much slower that they haven't even like fully, fully assembled themselves on the other side, molecule by molecule yet. Maybe it'll take a hundred thousand mm-hmm. years to deliver this
0: message. <laughs> Who knows? That's also like the idea that AIDS is the universal disease, <laughs> right? Like as intelligent life uh, continues to spawn and reproduce and blah, blah, blah. Like eventually you're going to come with some kind of, cause as we like fucking so much. You're going to like, eventually you're going to have uh, some kind of super virus. Yeah, that that, that that sexually spread, and this is just a plague on the universe. Except for these bugs, have got it figured out. Mm-hmm. Regular sized bugs. I thought it was funny. It was. Um, and uh, for me, it was cap off like a medium funny episode. And uh, but you're you're calling this the worst of the season?
1: Yeah, I actively dislike this one.
0: Because to me, the, the the worst one of the season was the incest baby, and it's like Rick Dependent like, like I think that's the worst episode of Rick and Morty history. But then again, I think it's like a five out of 10 or a six out of 10, not a negative three out of 10. So your mileage may vary. Yeah. Uh, Shall we take a quick break and then get to feedback? Yeah, let's do it. Here are the highlights coming up this week on Bald Move.
1: For Prestige, me and Aeron are still extending our Shogun Afterglow with part 3 of our discussion of the 1980s TV miniseries. Last week absolutely shocked our sensibilities with Lord Toronaga doing the tango.
0: What delights and horrors will await us this week? Then for Pulp, this Friday join us for our latest prep session for House of the Dragon Season 2 as we take another look at the key differences between the text of Fire and Blood and the on-screen action for Season 1, and what they mean for the characters, story, and setting. Get your Valerian steel sharpened for the new season.
1: You can find these and many other great podcasts by searching for Bald Move Pulp or Bald Move Prestige in your favorite podcast app. We're getting geared up for the sixth annual Summer Badass Fest. And while we're working on a slate of apex badass films to enjoy, we've got an early action-packed announcement
0: to make. Just like last year, we're kicking off badass season with a live movie watch and podcast recording. We've rented out a theater for connoisseurs of action films and bald move fans that just want to have a great time. Unlike last
1: year, this year's movie is top secret, Hush Hush. No hints, except it's incredibly badass, it stars an absolute icon of the genre, We're willing to bet most of you haven't seen it, and it's going to be an incredible viewing experience with a packed house
0: of bald movers. Those of you who came to last year's screening of Total Recall know what a party it was. And those of you who didn't, (laughs) now's your chance to experience it. Meet me and Jim. Order some custom movie-themed drinks at the theater's full bar. Then watch us record the full podcast for the movie. We reserved a venue over twice the size as last year, but seating is still limited. It's happening Friday, 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 June 21st at 7
1: p.m. in our hometown of Cincinnati. Get full details and buy tickets at
0: baldmove.com slash live. Cincinnati's actually a pretty great city to visit, and we've got lots of details for side adventures on our event page as well. The Reds are playing the Boston Red Sox in their fantastic Riverside Stadium. The thrills of Kings Island just minutes away, and I'll be leading a kayak trip down the scenic Little Miami River on Saturday. Again, get full details and get your tickets now on our Badass Fest 6 page at
1: baldmove.com slash live live.
0: Madman and father of Mad Max, George Miller, is back with another apocalyptic tale from the Australian wastelands. This time, we're getting a prequel featuring
1: the origin story of Charlize Theron's character, Furiosa. Starring the Queen's Gambits, Anya Taylor-Joy in the title role, and the mighty Thor, Chris Hemsworth, as the warlord, Dr. Dementis. Furiosa promises more high-octane, slightly radioactive action and
0: fun. Furiosa drives into theaters on May 24th, and we'll have our spoiler-free thoughts and impressions of the film, as well as a discussion of trailers and upcoming movies for everyone. But if you want to ride with us the full length of the podcast on the eternal highways of Valhalla, shiny and chrome, you're going to have to be a club member.
1: Join today at support.baldmove.com. Get our full discussion of Furiosa and many more first run films, plus tons of other
0: bonus podcasts and ad-free feeds. Support.baldmove.com. All right, we're back with some feedback. If you'd like to send us feedback on Rick and Morty Season 5 or any kind of Rick and Morty topic, it's real easy to do so. Just send those emails to Morty at baldmove.com, and uh, we will we'll fish them out. Fish them out of the old portal soup. Yeah, that's what it is. Uh, first up is Nick from Sydney. He says, hey, guys, I just wanted to drop a quick note about the discussion you guys had about the characters' traits getting more and more progressively exaggerated as time goes on. There's an actual term for this Flanderization named after the Simpsons character, Ned Flanders, of course. And uh, he links to a Wikipedia article where they talk about the Flanderization in detail, like visual Flanderization, where it's like, you know, a character gets more and more extreme around a physical trait uh, versus personality Flanderization. Um, so, yeah, I was I, I knew I was onto to something, but I, I didn't know that it actually had a, a, a an industry accepted term for it. So, um, thank you for sending that. And I think that's what we're seeing. We're starting to see just, yeah, you know, the rickification. You know, like, we're, if this Rick wasn't the rickest Rick, he's by the end of 10 seasons, he's going to be, you know, whatever we left is is going to be the rickest Rick and Morty Morty because they're just going to be continually distilled and, you know, smoothed over to like a rock in a tumbling machine here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we have Justin from the Outer Banks. So I got to this episode and your coverage late. This is last episode, last week's episode, episode six, because I'm with you on the ad at conversation thought you made good points all the way around. And ultimately, I think it's a funny observation delineating people who probably read a lot of Star Wars stuff growing up and came with their own pronunciations versus folks that largely heard it spoken because it wasn't Star Wars stuff to read. I wonder if that's the case. Because hmm. like yeah, there was Star Wars gr-
1: stuff to read. Well, it depends on how far back you go, right? I, I'm a kid of the 90s, and so there was a lot of Star Wars stuff to read for me.
0: Yeah, I'm a kid of the eight, uh, seven, late 70s, early uh, early 80s. So like, I was there in the first wave. I was like six, seven when six when when the Empire came out. Mm, so okay. I had to wait. I think I was like 16 before Air to the Empire. Wow. The first Timothy Zahn book came out. I can't remember. So I got time got that time when shit that wasn't <laughs> Right. So, like, there's a whole, you know, like, they had Westin, Star Wars, D6 role-playing games, and you had a couple, like, comic, there's a whole, uh, you know, Marvel Comics series and all that stuff, but, like, right. yeah, my formative experience was here in, you know, at Walker, Storm and Echo Base, so mm-hmm. it was kind of given to me. Um... Also, he says, I'm probably not the first person to tell you that the uh, FDR slash spider hybrid is also a subtle Star Wars reference. And he clips me to this YouTube link to explore. Uh, I don't know if you know this, and he, he cl- shouted this and but, but I don't care. Um, Darth Maul. What he, Dar- Darth Maul, uh, is he alive or dead? I assume he's a spider president at this uh, like based
1: on this conversation but okay (laughs) shit I did this in the wrong order I hear he was pieced together at some point
0: apparently when he fell down the fucking Nabooian shield reactor plant Mm -hmm. uh, somebody fished him out of there and stuck him in a spider chassis and uh, he's still going strong didn't he pop up at the end of solo too is he grievous like this is Is that oh my god I don't think so (laughs) Um, but this is this is now part of like Star Wars lore because of the Star Wars movie, you know, mm. it, it's all well and good to be in a comic book or a cartoon. But when you got a, a, a Star Wars Lucasfilm uh, movie talking about it, then then it's good to go. Um, but anyway, uh, he said he want to know if we thought the writers room was trying to drop a bunch of Star Wars stuff in as a sort of a poke and jab to Michael Waldron. Michael Waldron was the showrunner for the Thor series that we both quite liked. Uh, that just wrapped up something about Michael Waldron, as he was an executive producer and writer on Rick and Morty up until season five, where he jumped ship to go work for the Mouse. Um, and he just signed on to pin a Star Wars movie for Kevin page Peggy? I don't know. No, I don't I, I got to learn how to pronounce this guy. It's Kevin name Atta. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or maybe it's uh, F E G F E G E. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, but what do you what do you think of the odds of? Because because here's the thing. I'm not convinced this is a star Wars reference. Like the ad act clearly was, mm-hmm. but like, this was a biological spider clone FDR thing. And those things are fucking Legion. Like there was a spider hybrid in half-life. There was certainly one in doom. Uh, yeah. It's a fairly, I think there was one in gods of war. Like, you know, spider people are well, fairly rare and horrific, but not completely unheard of and uncommon, uh, you know, thing so i don't know that this was like a like an obscure uh star wars legends reference but like clearly there are a lot of star wars references and i think Mm -hmm. yeah i mean this writing room is
1: sorry you're gonna have star wars references in a sci-fi show right i mean it's definitive science fiction
0: a hundred percent And I think that this is the type of writing room that would like needle a former worker with like or tease them essentially with like some jabs at their their property. Yeah, But like, yeah, I don't know if this is one of them. Yeah, I mean, this
1: spider was created by the polio vaccine, right? Not like us, like piece together on a spider. (laughs) It's it's one of the
0: horrifying side effects of the polio vaccines. Good thing we don't have to take it anymore. Good thing with the the legion of people who brave the <laughs> arachnid conversion took that bullet for us. So right. they eradicated disease and we have to take don't have mess with the, that dangerous vaccine anymore. Thank God. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I I, I don't know. Um, I do think that here's here's what I'm really excited for, because this is going to be on for, again, five more seasons. And we're already seeing how like, Rick and Morty is like the like the. Uh, Tom, what is it the catamarcy dem- democracy or whatever? Like it, oh, it's yeah. like the giant giant sticky ball that's just picking up cultural things as it goes and, and gains steam. Mm-hmm. I'm fairly certain, just like Waldron's uh, Loki was heavily influenced by his time on Rick and Morty, I, I can't help but think that Loki and some of the Marvel stuff and some of the stuff they're doing. Like on in DC with uh, you know Harley Quinn and that series, that's not going to be uh, an influence on Rick and Morty going forward. Mm-hmm. Just like Kosa Kosa Nostroid informed the Chicken Fingers, which informed the <laughs> Gotron. Right. <laughs> Chances of the incest baby coming back. A hundred percent. I'm not getting fooled again. <laughs> I think it's 100. I actually unironically think it's 100%. Yeah, I, do I think it's going to continue to be like a recurring character and I don't know how I feel about that. Like, you can't get Stephen Colbert's guy back. Uh, we're going to have this. We're going to get the incest baby in one fucking season. Turn around twice. I don't know. Uh, There's still, still no scared Mitchell cable.
1: Like, you know, bring me six back, right? Bring back the things that people love. They're, they're seemingly scared to do that because it might ruin the thing that people love about Rick and Morty, but yet they bring back the things that, you know, are, are risks. Let's say the, the new stuff that no one has tasted yet. I don't know. It's a little strange. Um, what would you think about like a me six episode at this point, or, or at least like
0: I bringing them back one. into one of the episodes? I would love to see that. Honestly. Yeah, I would love to, okay. to see them go back to like, that's the thing. It's like if you're so scared of new continuity that you trot out the incest baby to avoid treading on that, maybe maybe it's time to bring out the me you know, just as a test, just just to kind of try try the waters out. You're not worried about the next... them ruining it. No, I don't. I mean, that's. <sighs> trying to think of an instance where uh, a shittier version of something has come out and ruined the original thing mm-hmm. like I still think Empire Strikes Back bangs Yeah. like a fucking pair of muddy hiking boots and a dryer <laughs> and yet Star Wars is, 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 is wiped those muddy boots across my heart for the last decade or more so yeah. like eh, I, I'm sure if I racked my brain I could think of it but like nothing is going to take away the original brilliance of the *M6*.
1: Yeah, no, I'm with um, you. The, the, that episode will always be great. It's it's a matter of like, can they repeat
0: the success of that if they did decide to bring back me six? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, next episode, Recturnal Friendshine of the spotless mind. Uh, I okay. keep on looking ahead to see if there's an obvious interdimensional cable thing to get excited for. But uh, I don't know. This could be this could be an interesting uh, furtherance of the Morty Jessica saga. Oh, all because right. he got like eternally time god fr- friend zoned by her mm-hmm. at the end of that episode, and I wonder if this isn't like you know because that's what I think of when I think of Eternal Spot Sunshine. Um, I think of relationships and them being over, but then on set on on reflection, not wanting them to be over, and you know yeah. having fun. Mi- yeah, it's, it's it's the whole whole thing of that movie. So mm-hmm. I wonder if it's going to be that, or of course you know if you if you were expecting this to be a big uh, statement about neon neon genesis e- evangelion mm-hmm. you, a lot and a lot of people did a lot of people thought they would they would go into the the stuff that 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 is, has to deal with that source material and they didn't so like right i don't know maybe it's nothing we'll find out we'll find out uh, next time next week until then i'm aaron and i'm jim see ya
1: pickle me this is distributed and produced by bald move all music featured on this podcast is from the Rick and Morty soundtrack available from Sub Pop Records. Please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. To discover the many other great shows we do, please check out baldmove.com. If you appreciate what we do and want to directly support us, consider joining our club at patreon.com baldmove to get access to exclusive bonus audio and video features. Finally, you can follow us on your favorite social media at baldmove. See you next time.